Good evening everyone and welcome back to another Supercoach Insider podcast. My name is Swizz, here to talk round 15 team discussion and answer all the questions that have been sent in this week. As always, check us out on all our platforms, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube and Twitter, Supercoach Insider 100 to get Chris, Ben and myself, in particular Ben and Swizz26 for me direct. Thank you once again to our sponsors, Splash Vodka, Earn You, and Manscaped. We really appreciate your support, as well as the public out there who continue to interact with us each and every week. For me, last week, we uh, had a 1988 to finish off the buy rounds, which put me up to now 1,545 overall. So I shaved about 4,500 spots during the buys. Sitting, I think it's about 400 points short of Ben, who's in about 160. So, been closing the gap on my uh, co-host there. So, uh, I've been pretty happy with how I've performed over the buys. Um, definitely, there's been some massive ranking changes. Um, I think my mate there, Abdul, dropped about 30 spots of that, but trying to build his team up for the end of the year. Uh, I'll give a shout out to Michikos. I think it was you, buddy, that went up two spots over the three rounds. So at least, you know, it was a slight improvement there, mate. But yeah, there was definitely some, um, definitely jumping up and uh, a few people falling back as it always happens around the buy time. It's an important time of the year. But it's great to finally get our four teams back. And what a week of footy it's going to be. The uh, All the top eight teams playing each other. You know, Port and Gold Coast as well. Collingwood with their issues from the weekend with the Goey. Not as much with the other two boys, but um, yeah, definitely just to see how that, that circus plays out against the Giants. So there, there's some important matchups, and even Essendon and West Coast for how the uh, spoon might shape out. So now uh, really looking forward to this round of footy. Uh, managed to get to the game last week, Richmond Carlton, which was obviously had the podcast on Friday, which I was up and about. It's good actually. Got down to some VFL on the weekend and watched uh, Coburg Richmond, which was the Channel Seven game on the Sunday. Watched my cousin go around and play against Ivy uh, Soldo in the ruck. So thought he uh, didn't do too bad on the hitouts, but it's always hard, you know, playing against uh, two seasoned rucks. I think Richmond had 18 listed. AFL players in that match, so that was always going to be a struggle for Coburg, so it was good to get around to see some footy, and especially some local and young boys. Uh, the one that I'll mention straight off of that was uh, uh, Sonsi, continues to do what he's been doing all year in the VFL and racking up positions. Uh, definitely one on the radar going forward with Richmond's uh, kind of midfield blows now, with obviously Cochin injured and um, don't really have a huge amount of depth in that area, so... Maybe it'll be a sneaky rookie. Him and Elijah Hollands is the other one that continues to get named. We've actually been blessed with the uh, rookie defenders in the last few weeks during the buys. And um, I think it's, uh, as some people can see there with Charlie Dean in my back line, he's going to be playing VFL this week with the view that he could possibly be in the AFL side as early as next week. So, yeah, we've had a few um, options come in. Uh, so... With my side now, you know, I've got the, well, I had the full premium until uh, Mr. Butters decided to get injured after dominating that first quarter the other day. So my two trades last week, as I talked about, was Callum Mills coming in, which was something I decided on the, uh, ended up deciding that on the Saturday morning, um, taking Petrarca out. I was big on Jeremy Cameron all week, and I know a few people 
did get him in. Supercoach Mum, I was definitely talking to her about that. Um, and that was a bit of a late change there. Only because Connor was a bit worried about the weather. I had a couple of people message me about the weather over in Perth. And the kind of the worry that how would key forwards go there and find out about Geelong being in their tough training block, which was kind of a last minute thing. So decided to go against Cameron as much as I really wanted him in my team. And um, I did bring in Isaac Heaney at the time, but that was a last minute trade as well out, which which is unfortunate because he did well, but Himmelberg ended up in my side. So I was pretty happy with that cash grab. He was started in defense, which was awesome. Once Bruce went down, played a bit in the ruck, so hopefully he goes back in defence this week and Briggs probably comes in. Uh, so I'm pretty happy with my side outside of Butters, and I've got to kind of make a decision on what I want to do with him. So I've got some cash sitting there um, from a personal point of view, which was about 230000 uh, I still have Rosas in there. In a perfect world, I'd love to have Rosas play, but I can do... Uh, Butters up to Bont and Rosas to Jackson, which is kind of tempting. Um, I'm not as big on the Jackson train as some, but we do know he's going to be playing as the sole ruck with Gorney gone down and also Magic Door, who would be their backup ruck. So there's definitely um, value there, um, but it just depends like how quickly Gorn comes back. I'm only sitting with the five trades left, so I'm, I'm trying to be as tight with my trades on the run, run home as possible. In a perfect world, there is a there is a world where if I could get Bont in, and that might be a case of holding Roses for one week and playing him, which I don't really want to do this week, but to get in, um, yeah, Bont the following week and then keeping Butters just to save that extra trade and use Butters as a loophole player, but there's another part of me that's like, well, I may as well just move Butters on, go get Bont, and then look at other op options for Roses. Heaney is somebody I do really like. I do like Jess Cameron, as I continue to talk about. So, yeah, I've got a couple decisions to make there. The other one I don't mind is Sean Darcy. I think in two weeks' time, it's got a break, really high break even. Um, I feel like it's 190, but... I will double check that because I don't want to give wrong information for everybody out there. Um, where's my break evens? Uh, and there are not just him, but there's a few interesting ones with break evens. I know Tommy Stewart's 210 break even. Jackie Steele, 199, who was going to be back this week. Sean Darcy's 179 break even. So there are definitely three guys who will get cheap over the next few weeks. Darcy's currently sitting at 500 and. 58 so expect him to drop down to at least 520 next week jack Steele over the next couple of weeks could get down to that 530 mark and stewart definitely could be seeing 520 even lower depending on how he goes the next two weeks so for those people who don't have full teams or are looking at you know luxury trading or bringing in your m9s or your d7s or stuff like that there um there will be some really good players who will be a bargain but overall, as I said, pretty happy with it. And probably the biggest thing for me is I've avoided Tim English. It was, I did debate about it last week, not having him and now having the Wits Cameron um, lineup. Haven't the Rucks been absolutely disastrous this year outside of Wits, um, Touchwood, and even Nan Curvis and that seems to be about the second best or second most durable Ruck. Riley O's obviously a good pick, but, you know, if we look the whole season, got dropped early in the year, so... Yeah, that, that's been a bit of an issue, but as a, just kind of a team and how it's set up, I'm really happy with it, you know, having that midfield 
um, really handy with Mills now in there. It's probably one of my worst trades of the year, Petrarca instead of Mills, um, that game when I was down at Launceston. And, but at the time, it looked really good pick to get in Petrarca. So, yeah, that's the way things go. But, yeah, my midfield of Oliver, Neil, Laird, Mills, Miller, McRae, Cripps, and Zach Merritt. Cripps and Merritt are a little bit of a worry at the moment, but hopefully Zachy Merritt against the Eagles will bounce back. And Cripps with these big games coming up, hopefully he leads us, um, for example, of... Um, from example, in that midfield as their skipper. Uh, my early there VC, I've got McRae playing the Hawks. There is a chance if Bont does come in, it could be him, but I'm, I'm leaning towards McRae into Laird, the safety of Laird. You know, the, the 114 was slightly disappointing last week, but that's kind of what we get from Laird. We, we know it's a safe option as a backup. Um, I don't mind usually putting on the more riskier guys. I went Mills last week, so I was kind of happy with that. Obviously, those who had McRae did very well. So, straight into... Well, we'll actually do the ins and outs. We've got the one game, Melbourne versus Brisbane. Uh, Wiedemann, May and Bedford are back. So, May's back from that indiscretion. Out is Turner, Ringer, Chandler, Maxi Gorn and Mitch Brown has been dropped. For the Lions, Payne, uh, Tunsil, which is the new player. And Thomas Berry, and out is Fort Gardner, Zorko, unfortunately, injured, and Zach Bailey. Good player, Zach Bailey, so that'll probably even up the game a bit more with Gorn out. And with May in, you'd nearly say the, um, the Ds should be favourites at home. But I'm actually really looking forward to this um, game of footy. Both midfields are really strong, but obviously the Rucks, Jackson versus Big O, it'll be interesting to see how that goes and who actually uh, chops out for Jackson. Um, and that's why I expect probably why Wiedemann's come in uh, to give him a bit of a chop out. All right, straight into the questions now. We've got Cliffo uh, bringing in a mid for Butters was between Walsh and Parrish, but now considering Steele not fussed on his break even as the trade needs to happen this week, silly to bring him in without having a look first. It's uh, not silly to bring him in. We know what Jack Steele does. He's the leader. The Saints need to rebound back. My, not that it affects still so much, but my still my worry for them is they have a really tough draw the next few weeks. Um, they obviously do have West Coast and Hawthorne in there, but uh, the, the Saints are the team that I've, even if they've beaten the Bombers, I still had dropping out. So that is something to think about. Like still, still good enough to rack up again if they're winning or losing. But I think that's kind of will will make it tougher. He's coming back from the injury. They've got more midfield depth now. We've obviously crouched up and about. Sinclair playing in there. Uh, you know, they've got Gresh, Billings back, Hunter Clark. So the reliance on Steele to come straight in and dominate like he did last year and the year before isn't as much. So I'm probably not even that keen on him unless he was like that sort of 520, 530 price. But like you're not picking him for that, for that money or the break even because obviously you have the money and you want the points on field now but yeah the Swannies yeah at least it's probably going to be a high contested tackling game so that usually suits him but as I saw those midfielders Carlton Freo Doggies yeah I, I I'm not completely sold on him as that option at um M8 I'm gathering you're going to be bringing him on there Cliffo so if you're looking at those other midfielders around that same price, not knowing your other prices in there, um, I'm going to gather you've probably got Took. I 
gets actually a bit difficult because like who else is your like if you've got Walsh as the option I'd probably be going Sam Walsh if you can afford him who else have you said in there um yeah if you're gonna your debate was Walsh versus Paris show I'd be bringing in Walsh and that that's um yeah my my more favorite pick but it's really interesting with these midfielders uh outside of you know your, your top guys Leeds McRae's uh Mills that everyone's having sort of really down weeks. Like, you only have to have a look at last week there. Um, like, Benny Keyes finally sort of had a fell. Josh Kelly will be 65. Um, yeah, Petrarca's been up and and down. Ollie Wines has looked pretty good and pretty solid and might be that left-field option. But, yeah, all midfielders are kind of going up and down. Cam Guthring might be a good one too. Um, just to think of if you really wanted to go left-field. But if you want the safety and you're up there, Walsh or even Brayshaw is probably the two I'm leaning to towards maybe and probably have Walsh. I'd go out of those three, Walsh, Steele, Brayshaw. So yeah, if you've got the chance to take Walsh, go get him. Anders, trading Butters for Bont a good move, even if Butters does come back next week, yes. And I'm even with my low trades, that's the one I'm leaning towards. I think even though the doggies do have a tough draw, um, it's still the Hawks, it's still Bont. There's still a chance of making the finals. Um, they should win this week. Uh, they do have the Saints in a couple of weeks, which will probably be that first real elimination final there. And the loser of that, you could probably put a fork in, but I still think Bont's good enough to continue the score well. The only problem is what happens if they completely come out of contention with three or four weeks to go. Do they kind of put him in ice or put him up the forward line? But Bont's still that good that he could kick goals off the forward line against any opposition. And they do play the Hawks and the Giants again. So, yeah, I think I'm more trusting on Bont than Butters. Butters, you know, he looks so good in that first quarter and then gets injured. And that could have been fine with that game where we get to see that, you know, massive score from him. And he does that. Like, there's those games where he just goes 130 and he looks like one of the better players in the comp. But other games, you know, he puts those 50s up and depends on his role and kind of effort sometimes so yeah he'll continue to get better he's a talent butters but yeah i think that is a definitely a good move uh julie players i want or have huge break even so plan to hold and have cover for now is waiting okay have six trades we'll use two next week the team complete is this the best option and she said i 15 i'm 1500 off one player to bot move don't want Swans players bar meals. Any cheap guys you may be, uh, consider. I know uh, uh, some yeah, crystal ball stuff. Interesting. Um, it depends, Julie. It all depends, I guess, what you're playing for. Where are you ranked? Or if you're playing for leagues, and are you in a good enough position you can wait? Or do you need the wins now? So that's the first thing you've got to... Obviously, you'll know that in the position you're in. If it's a case where you need points now, well, then you're just going to have to get out, go get these players and uh, get your best team on field. If you are in a position, like, let's just say you know you're in the top four in your league and you can wait another couple of weeks to get these guys down, that'll allow you the ability to probably get an extra player in because if all these players are dropping, say, 50 to even a couple of them, you know, Stuart could drop, say, 80k. You've got maybe the ability there with your last trades to bring in an extra bench player that you could loophole um, as a backup. The problem is, and that's the same with me right now with the five trades, if we start getting injuries or COVID or stuff like that, how are we going to deal with it? Now, the one-week injury, and that's why we all like to have the good loopholes, that's easy to cover. And that's where I know a bit of the discussion with Butters and how many trades you have. 
because it might be a one weeker, two weeker, you can kind of cover that. But then what do you start doing if you get like a three, four, five weeker? You do need to have some trades left. It's only round 15. We've still got, you know, eight rounds of footy. Well, after this, you know, seven rounds of footy. So it, it's an interesting one. It's all team dependent and, and where you're going. Yeah, but the perfect move, you do want that one move to bond. The worry is they are playing the Hawks and what happens if Bont goes out and smashes his, what, it's 110 break even, I think. So goes out and does that. And then uh, how do you get him in next week, especially if Roses doesn't play off, or if Roses named on the extended bench because they're playing in the last game, um, that could be a real issue. So, uh, yeah, in a perfect world, you kind of want to get players in. But, yeah, six trades left. You might want to wait one more week as long as you're in a good enough position to do that. I'm gathering with huge break-even, you're talking about Steel Stewart. Uh, to Adrian, who's the best ruck option to replace Bruce? Uh, Sean Darcy, Darcy Cameron, considering Grundy due to uh, due back soon, or, oh, yeah, considering Grundy's back soon, or Plissarts. The problem with Plissarts, as much as he's scoring so well, and I really do like the pick, and I keep saying this to Ben every week, is the problem with Stanley and playing ruck in his role. But he doesn't. He just continues to keep scoring. They've got a soft draw. Uh, I've seen a couple of people doing the double trade where they're trading down one of their um, rookie defenders, getting rid of one of them, bringing in, I think it's a Carlton player, defender, uh, Ruck, and bringing Blue Salves in. And then they've got Dar Darcy Cameron already up in the forward line. So if they need to cover a back, back line player, Blue Salves goes back, and then Darcy Cameron goes in the Ruck, and then... F other side like Blitzar stays in the ruck and then Darcy Cameron goes forward so it does give a lot of flexibility in your ruck so I don't mind it Blitzar should continue to score decent it's just yeah are there better options than that well and because the rucks are so up and down it's kind of is a left field option which you probably get knowing you're going to bank at least 90 from um, in a perfect world you know we always think we want more from the rucks but yeah just because the injuries are so inconsistent at the moment uh, like I, I really love Sean Darcy. That's the one I'd love to move Darcy Cameron down in the forward line for. Bring Sean Darcy in, and work my loopholes there. And when he gets cheap, the problem is Meek's playing so well. Uh, I think he dominated the the waffle last week. And the other part is, and Darcy's injury concerns. He's always gets injured. Like he looks good, and then yeah, gets injured. But then the other problem is they're playing the Blues this week. I think he went 190 or 193 last time he played Carlton, so he's got all the ability to come out and do that again and actually smash his break even. He's the one I do like. Hold off if you could in a perfect world, but if you can't, it's um, like I don't mind it. I think the Blue Stars one's a bit different, but don't ex just expect more consistency. Uh, and then there's always a problem with Geelong, and this, and this is the hard with not knowing it. Julie asked about Crystal Ball how can you predict if they're going to rest and who they're going to rest their players? But Geelong do have a habit of doing that. They'll pick the right moments. They do have a couple of soft games. That's always a chance that that's going to come into it. You do want teams who are vying for the top uh, four or top eight who have to keep winning. And that's what I thought of Geelong planning. But Scott did come out and say, you know, they're playing. They're trying to set themselves up for a flag. So they're going to do hard training runs. They're going to you know, possibly rest players. Whatever they need to do to get themselves right for finals, they're going to back themselves to finish you know, top four. And it doesn't necessarily have to be top. It 
could be fourth and back themselves that they'll be good enough to to win those games and that edge might get them over the line in that first final so there are questions and there's questions on everyone I don't think you bring in Darcy Cameron now as you said with Grundy back do you look left field and go Nankoralio um yeah, in a perfect world, as I said, Darcy, wait one more week. But yeah, if you if you can't and you need the ruck now, just go and get Sean Darcy. He is the best point scorer of the lot. But there is yeah massive question marks there, and there's question marks about everyone. Um, and and I feel like you bring in a new ruck, and they're going to probably get injured as well. Look, you know, Tim English now concussion, likely to be two weeks. To L after moves this week, how many trades left are too few? or about right or luxury, have six at the moment, no moves this week, and based off Supercoach Twitter, I feel like I'm rich. Anders says, if you're a millionaire, I'm a billionaire. I have 12 before trading. Anders, you are absolutely flying with trades, mate. So I said, I have five. I would like to have eight in a perfect world, and that's just because of a couple sideways throughout the year, a couple of injuries. Unfortunately, you know, I had that period there where every player I seemed to bring in just got injured. English lasted me one week. Hall two weeks you know i think i had crips like probably the one in hindsight i should have kept but i was you know really worried about that calf hammy and then bringing him back in so yeah i think a lot of people have kind of been aggressive with the extra trades are sitting in that sort of mark of five six seven so you kind of want that if you've got that extra boost up your sleeve that's even better but yeah in a perfect world i think we want to be leaving at, at worst case this round four trades but I still don't think that's enough. I feel like carnage is going to come at some point. I'll touch wood there that it doesn't happen. But like I, I copped it last year with that Sydney game, which I think was the last game of the round, where like Mills and a few others got COVID and I had like three of them. And so I feel like something's going to happen. I don't know what. And that's kind of the other reason I've tried to um, spread my players as much as possible. I was talking to a couple other people in our A-League team chat. They've loaded completely up on Bulldogs, which is great because the Bulldogs players do score well. I'm a little against that because they're tough to rule, but what if something happens? Like, COVID protocols are still there, unfortunately, and what if you copped all that in one week of that? It would just absolutely devastate your season. So, yeah, trying to spread your players, but in saying that, you know, they any player can miss at any point. So yeah, I'd um yeah, luxury would be anything over eight. You'd probably want six to eight. And yeah, if you start getting under four, you, I think you're in a little trouble at the moment. But hopefully nothing happens. DV trade butters to Bont with negotiable uh uh nitrable, nit, oh, yeah, nitrable. I'll absolutely butcher that. Um, F7 backup or keep butters and get in Heaney as an F7 backup. Well, I do, don't mind Heaney, as I said the other day. The problem is it's more because of his forward, but they do have a good run. The Swannies, Saints twice, which you know, aren't easy, but I know they've got the Bombers in there. Um, I'm pretty sure it is. Uh, I've got Cole Mills in front of me. Their draw, they do have North Melbourne, Adelaide, GWS in that run as well so I think Heaney could score really well he's cheap his break even's low this week if you're going to get him in you've got to get him this week so I think I don't mind Heaney but if that helps you back up Bont as I said is the obvious one but can Heaney rival Bont with their fixture 
it's every possibility. We've seen Heaney go on those runs. We saw him how he started the year. Absolutely, there is a world where Heaney could absolutely smash it coming home and even outdo Bont. It's one of those risk versus rewards. And if you are bringing in Heaney over Bont, you're just hoping Bont that niggle gets too much or the dogs get out of contention. And we know the Swannies are going to be fighting for that, you know, sixth, seventh, eighth spot. Uh, they wouldn't want to lose one or two quick ones because they could find themselves ninth or tenth. So I don't mind it. Um, and it's something I'm seriously considering as well. You know, what's it, 120, 130 grand cheaper for uh, the Bonds 575 at the moment. We've got Isaac Heaney, which is sitting at. 453 so it's 120 grand difference and it's what can you do with that 120 grand as i said i've got 236 in the bank so like butters tahini which is actually making me cash would be uh and then what do we say that 453 i think i'm just short of going heaney and bonting so i in that case i'm actually there's a part of me that's tempted to go butters to Heaney and then hopefully Roses plays goes up value and then I could possibly go like a Roses to Bont but then again then it starts getting a bit low on the trade so I don't mind it if if, if you're really worried about what your F7 backup is going to look like maybe go Heaney um, and then you could get and keeping butters butters is a fine F7 gives you the option to link into that m9 as well so and as i said depends on your trade situation too if you've got um yeah seven eight nine ten trades i'll go bont because that's not going to worry you because then you can always trade people sideways if you get an injury but if you're low on trades maybe you probably need to keep butters and bring Heaney in as that one option and go from there t-bone is Bont a must-have? Only way I can afford is to put him at M8. I don't mind the flexibility with doing so either. Yeah, I don't mind that, that Bont in there. I've considered that as well. If uh, there was a couple ways I was looking at doing my team and having a forward mid as my M8. Yeah, he's going to score well, but is he a must-have? I'll say no. I think he's still going to be the number one scorer, but how close can Heaney get if you've got the cash and, you, and you're going to do nothing else with that cash well go get Bont it's as simple as that because he'll be yeah as I said number one or up there enough as, a, as one of the highest scorers but again if that 120k getting say like a Heaney could do something better for you or as a lot of people are thinking of like a Jackson type for those four or five weeks my Gorn's out um, and like people did last week like myself of Himmelberg could that be a more beneficial play for you on the long term? Well, possibly, yes. But, um, yeah, so if you've got the cash, mate, yeah, chuck him in there at M8. Um, if you don't have to do it this week, then, yeah, you might want to think one of those other guys. Or does a Brayshaw type or a um, or waiting a week on steel, could you get up money up to get to Walsh? So, yeah, they're all options too. But in saying that, yeah, Bont... What are we thinking? Maybe 110 on the run home. It's a it's a very good pick, and it does give you a swing option. Corey, any good options under 492? Best option for butters, or should I use two trades and get Bont Liver, who I don't have? Have seven trades, but still need an F62, so technically two premiums. Wow, two uh, 
two premiums. Um, if you've got the other cash, if you can get um, bond and liver, absolutely do that. Um, if your best option under 492, well, I think, as I said, that's my man Heaney there. Who else have we got under that? We've got highest price, 492. I, I know I've had this question about Himmelberg. You've missed out. Don't jump back on him. Uh, a couple of left fields, actually, we've been talking about in a couple of our group chats. Like Gresham's flying, but I'm just a little concerned about steel in the draw. Jack Graham's getting like 8 to 10 tackles a week and has been absolutely killing it. If you wanted an absolute pod for your forward line at 4 489, uh, Jack Graham's, since the Collingwood game, has gone 103, 86, 130, 194. I know I'm a little biased there as a Tiger man, but yeah, he is playing pure midfield and with Cochin with his collarbone, he's going nowhere out of that midfield. So there, there's a sneaky little left field option for you. And he's in. 1% of teams, 1,100 teams, so that's one definitely to consider. Tex Walker, I know a couple of people said I don't know flog policy, and that's why they didn't pick Jeremy Cameron either, um, but Tex is killing it, 91 on the weekend. Key Ford is prone to have bad games, do have the ruse this week down in Tassie. Uh, Jeremy Cameron killed them down there early in the year. They, then, they do have Hawthorne in a couple of weeks, They've got, during the Supercoach Finals, West Coast and North Melbourne. So Tex does need to be considered. Um, and then Timmy Taranto, just watch to see if he comes back in. Uh, the other one we were also talking about, just talking about left field options, Liam Baker for Richmond. Now, I prefer Jack Graham at uh, looking at those sort of prices. But, yeah, a couple of these guys, it's amazing where you kind of just completely ignore them and wouldn't ever think about them as Supercoach kind of options when we're talking about the big dogs but they like five six weeks ago yeah as we said we you don't look at it and you look at them now and go oh wow i wish i jumped on sort of those guys um they get the right draw they start playing really well uh, and they're flying and of course now my um phone doesn't want to work with his averages but we'll uh we'll get back to that when it reloads up all right. Oh, and to finish that, yeah, I guess you got Heaney in there as well, who I do like, and I get the reasons why people don't want to bring him in. Um, yeah, there is a burnt factor there, but I just like that draw. Like, yeah, the Bombers did beat the Saints. Bit improved there, but they do have to, um, you know, how many wins are really the Bombers going to have on the week on the run home? I'd, um, I'd have some confidence about... Um, having him in, at least kicking enough goals to be relevant. Apologies for the uh, slight delay here as I move on to my other format. Just the Wi-Fi decides to uh, drop in and out out this um, side of town. So we've got forwards. Oh, it does not want to work for me. There we go. Forwards. Technology at its best. Uh, Midgey Duncan's still there at 450. Uh, Rosie was brought up to me by a couple people. That's a no for me. Um, Butters comes back. Those roles changes all the time. Fortunately, uh, Dugowie was, yeah, put himself in a position where I don't think he's pickable now. Uh, and then you can't ignore uh, Toby Green, the 156. The problem was he kicked a lot of goals on the weekend, so that naturally would um, boost his score, but he does have a break-even of 17 this week. 
They, um, you know, the Pies at home, uh, the Pies should win that. But, yeah, the Pies are just because of those uh, issues this week um, might be right for the picking. But I'm sure Collingwood supporters aren't hoping that because they've been playing really well. But there's always that chance. But Toby's been pretty consistent outside that 27, the 89, 82, 84, 156. So it's not the high scores compared to everyone else, as I was talking about before, like your Jack Grahams and that, but we know what he can do on any given day. Their draw isn't as easy as some of the other teams that I've mentioned. Uh, Jeremy Finlayson's just a, another real left-field option. I know we were, we were mentioning. Lewis Jackson's the obvious one, but uh, just with Port Adelaide's ruck um, woes at the moment, and Lysett's still out, but Lysett, you know, they are meant to get some rucks back soon, but should be playing ruck this week. Yeah, Baker, um, since that Collingwood game, has gone 90, 134, 80, 112, and 100. So he's, that's been the movement because of short playing midfield and Baker and Boston taking that backline role. And, and Bakes is, you know, he... I, I guess it's the kind of situation where Boston takes the intercept mark. Um, Baker can win his own ball, but then they kind of do look for Baker as more the, um, you know, dispute... Um, I'm absolutely butchering the English language here, but uh, distribute out of the back line. Um, bit there with him and Rioli. So, yeah, it's another real left-field option that nobody owns. And can they go for the next five, six weeks? Well, Richmond do have a kind of soft draw on the run home there too. Not this week with the Cats, but West Coast's in there. Uh, haven't played North Melbourne yet either. So some of these back line men should continue to go really well. All right, moving on. Uh, we've got D, we've gone all them. Uh, continue to scroll, scroll. Can't even find. Where are we here? Uh, apologies for my listeners there. Because I'm trying to scroll through Facebook to see, uh, sorry, Twitter to see. Who's asked questions for this week? Ah, oh, here we go. S uh, S7, a returning hickey, a good shout as a decent scoring budget. Rucks, uh, great last year and started really well this year. Turned up with 49% time on ground against English. It allows me to keep butters in English. Yeah, left field option, again, it depends on where you're ranked as well. Um, if you're like outside that sort of 10,000, you've got nothing to lose there. Why not? Um Definitely scores well. Laddams after his performance last week, and more because he kind of took out a lot of frustration against his old Port Adelaide teammates, may find himself struggling to get back in there. they all already got the dilemma with Buddy. Um, who else? they got a Haywood, Reed, and Logan McDonald. So how many tools can they fit in? So it might be a case where Laddams goes out, Hickey plays Ruck, and then it might be a Reed or somebody like that has to step in and play that um, second ruck, so yeah, I actually don't mind Hickey. That's a, that's a good shout. And over to Facebook and the questions there. Thank you again for the people who've sent these in. And we've got uh, Maddie Bryce. Bruce apparently cleared of an ankle damage worth holding the one week, assuming he only misses one week. Problem is GWS. We all we can never assume. Um, yeah, getting suspended and injured in the in the one game, so it probably is one week. If you've got the cover and you can get um, DC to cover you in the rucks, yeah, fine, hold him. Um, you'd hope that he comes back in, but yeah, is it looking uh, like a Luke, uh, Luke Jackson? Yeah, Luke Jackson, 
going to be great for three or four weeks. The problem is what happens when Gorn comes back and what do you do for those last three or four weeks? Jackson can still score well, but you're going to get, like, what are you going to get? A ruck? We're expecting maybe 110 for the next four. We go back to a forward who might be scoring 70 or 80. That's going to be the drama with him. What do you do in four weeks? So it's not a bad option, but you'd probably prefer a Darcy or an O'Brien, as you've uh, mentioned there. Uh, Matt's also said, why do the super coach gods hate us? Oh, well, he said, hate me. But yeah, they um, they like to do this, throw a bit of drama in. It's the way it goes. Um, Abdul, who do I bench if Petrarca plays well as I'm loopholing him, Crips, HH, or Brody? Mate, you are absolutely blessed, and that's probably why you're ranked in the top 40. Uh, again, it, it would be depends. Well, I think you've, you've probably got to bench HH there of all the options. Uh, that seems to be the obvious one. And Mark, Butters, Parish, and English injured injury update. Can I have more boosts? No, you can't. Uh, so Butters should be one or two weeks. They've, they're pretty confident they think it's going to be one. Parish could get up this week. I wouldn't surprise me if he misses one more just because the Perth game really depends on, I guess, how the Bombers are viewing themselves going forward. You know, West Coast is a very winnable game for both of those teams. So do they risk him this week thinking that they can snag another win? Would not surprise me to see him on that plane. Tim English is a real interesting one. His 12 days are up on their next game. So it, I guess it comes down to the hour uh, and when he's all concuss, his concussion protocols end. I believe, I think, it, it's, uh, I think it's going to be a case where he probably will get two weeks. Um, yeah, so what happens is you usually miss the, I think it's the seven days, but because this is his second one, yeah, he has to have a 12-day uh, miss. Um, so it would not surprise me that if it, there's been any lingering issues that he misses the second week. But then I guess if the dogs were to sort of go down or if they even win and they go, well, now this is a big chance for him to play. be interesting to see how they are trying to twist those uh, uh, those days or, you know, backdate the time of when it actually happened and that. So there's no clear guidance on it yet, but I think everyone's assuming he's going to miss two weeks, um, which becomes a bit of a problem for teams that do have him, but I'd still be holding him. He's one of the best forward racks in it. It's about what cover can you get out of it. And this is where we were talking earlier about that F7, M9 cover because Tim English can go into your forward line, especially if you've got a DC or a loophole, another loophole option there. And you can then cover them off of that bench player. So in a perfect world, that's what you want. But as even if you, if you are playing for leagues, Mark, maybe you just take the loss for the one week and rebound next week. If you've got plenty of trades up your sleeve, and that's a different story, and then yeah, you could you could get aggressive and trade out. So, um, as I've said with uh, everybody who sends in questions, and and it gets hard sometimes because everyone's got their own um, situations where I don't know exactly your background where your team sits. Most people have full pre, well full premio team, and I, I say that with a bit of reservations because somebody put out on Facebook this day, uh, this week, what does full premio mean? Um, so I know a lot of us kind of sit there and say, do we have guys who are, um, I guess you would look at as keepers to, to finish the year, where I know a few others were throwing in arguments saying a primo should be somebody averaging 100. I did argue that, saying, well, you know, you may have somebody who isn't averaging 100, but 
could be averaging 100 over a three or a five week period who looks like they could average 100 on the run home aka Himmelberg's a, a perfect example of that your Jack Graham's players like that who have had quiet starts but can you know can come over on fire uh, so yeah, though, those questions um, are really interesting. So in a perfect world, you you're looking at that cover, um, and what is your cover? Have a look at your matchups. Um, if you, it's a hard one because Melbourne and Brisbane playing early, we don't really have any bench loophole options there. Um, I believe Mitchie Owens is going to be out for another week too, so that doesn't help on that that part of it as well. Um, I'm trying to think who else is playing early. Um, unfortunately, Weir's playing on the Sunday, so that doesn't help us. Uh, if you've still got a Hobbs type, that could be good on the Friday. I know a few people will still have him. Uh, Dacos is unfortunately playing on the Sunday, so we're not. it's not a great week for some of those players. Clark's the Saturday afternoon. The two games on the Friday night and the Thursday game really kind of and buggers up, and even Roses, as I said, is the last game, and it'll be probably named on an extended bench. So there is going to be a bit of a few people taking risks, and some of those players you might be looking in to bring in might be the from say an Adelaide or from a you know a Collingwood Giants Port Adelaide perspective, because you'll be trying to wait as last minute as possible to bring some of these players in, depending on how your guys perform as the question from Abdul before, because that's kind of what he's got. He's got those that loophole already in, where he's got the ability to put Petrarca on his bench for tomorrow night, put the uh, emergency on him. If he scores well, great. I'll just bench one of those other players, like a Himmelberg, and he'll move his um, other bench loophole forward, which I think for him's Cornelio. So Cornelio, who's in his M9 position, will just go forward, a, one of his non-player rookies come on in the midfield and then he takes Petrarca's score. If Petrarca completely shits the bed like he has in the past, uh, he um, he just stays there and Cornelio stays and, and you get two bites of the cherry. So no different to what we do with the VC and captain. So that's kind of what you're looking at there. Um, and the best way to at least manage that advantage that like if you're missing English or that, you need one of those players just to come on for the week. Uh, so, yeah, you're covering and you know, not getting a rookie score because, yeah, some of these rookies are a bit dire at the moment. Outside of that, yeah, it should be another interesting round. Just remember there's a game tomorrow night, the two Friday night games, just there's something different as well. So be very aware of that, especially, you know, for those tipsters out there. But, and, um, yeah, it would be kind of really interesting one um, to go with, like, yeah, I think the differences with the vice-captaincy and captaincy this week uh, will make things interesting because it's not the normal uh, top teams playing the bottom teams where there's, there's complete standouts outside of, say, the Bulldogs-Hawthorne game. Uh, but even in that game, the Hawks have played really well this year, got really com- been really competitive, so I still think there's an option there with one of those players, but... Outside of that, yeah, most of these games are going to be pretty tightly um, fought, so I feel like a few pods will probably stand up. So, yeah, continue to you know reach out to us, reach out to the boys. Apologies for not being on the pod last night, my wife's birthday. Happy birthday to her. Um, so, but I'll be back next week with the boys, and yeah, we can continue on and and do what we do and talk and talk footy and talk supercoach. So, yeah, all the best. Keep reaching out, and if you've got any other questions, feel free to send it through on the Twitter and. Uh, All the best for the weekend. Goodbye.